Hello and welcome to the Ernest Gikuma Show where we explore life success principles using the best selling personal development book of all time, the Bible. Are you ready to bounce back in your family life? Are you ready to bounce back in your relationship? I want to welcome you again to the show, uh, which is a combination of thought provoking, life changing, and encouraging messages prepared with you in mind. A couple of weeks ago, I started off with the Bounce Back series. Because uh, obviously we are in this uh, low time where things have uh, been going down for a while and it's time for us to bounce back. And the question I want to ask you today is, are you ready to bounce back in your family? We looked at finance a couple of weeks ago. We looked at, uh, we looked at faith. Now, now today we're going to focus on what can you and I do to bounce back in our families. Now, before we get into today's material, when I was searching and preparing for this message, I came across some shocking statistics. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think would happen if, what do you think would happen to the country, the United Kingdom, if we changed or fixed the family? Let me give you four shocking statistics. Number one, children whose family struggle to get on are more likely to have mental disorders. Right? Number one, children whose families struggle to get on are more likely to have mental disorders. With all that money going into mental health, guess what? If we fix the family, we can fix them. Number two, over half a million elderly people aged over 75 years old are likely to have been on their own on Christmas Day, right? And over 200,000 of them have family in the United Kingdom, right? So 300 of them, 300,000 did not have family. 200,000 had family. Why were they alone? Where were their family members? Number three, Week before Christmas found that 10% of 16-year-olds to 25-year-olds have spent at least one month, that's 30 days sofa surfing, most commonly because of relationship failure. Let me ask you this. 16 to 25-year-olds, they're still young, they're still young adults. Why are they sleeping in other people's homes? What happened to the family? Now, this is the fourth, number four. Family breakdown costs the taxpayer an estimated 51 billion pounds a year, more than the entire defense budget. Let me say that one more time. Family breakdown costs the taxpayer an entire, um, an estimated 51 billion pounds a year, more than the entire defense budget. You want to fix the country? You want to bounce back economically? Guess what? We've got to fix the family. Now, I looked at the, some of the, what are the most common challenges that families face that cause families to break down? And I found that, number one, communication is one of the biggest problems. Number two, personality clashes. Okay, and number three, balancing work and home. Now, today we're going to go a little bit deeper into these three points and see whether there is a way we could find scriptural references, psychological uh, uh, psychological um, uh, research that can actually help us to start mending back the family. Are you ready to bounce back in your family? I have a question for you. What percentage of meaning is communicated via your words? Now we're going to look at communication today. Now, before we play the first song, I got a quote from Mother Teresa who said, what can you do to promote world peace? What can you and I do to promote world peace? And she said, go home and love your family. Now, what can we do? What can we do 
to transform or to start bouncing back in our uh, in our families when it comes to personality clashes now keep this in mind personality clashes is one of the main reason one of the top five reasons why families fall apart if we're gonna bounce back from this covid lockdown we've got to start pulling back together so let us explore some of the challenges that we may be facing that you and i may be facing that may cause this challenge of um, family breaking down based on personality differences now let me ask you this how well do you know yourself how well do you know yourself now most people don't actually know themselves well enough right uh, the better you understand your personality type and, uh, and and the other persons the better you can communicate all right so we're gonna go back into the communication aspect there now according to psychology there are four predominant personality types four predominant personality types which i choose to call the star you and i are stars that doesn't mean that one person is only one part of the of the personality it means there's a specific uh, personality that is that is dominant okay so we have uh, we have systematic personalities or melancholic in the old language we have technical individuals or phlegmatic we have action oriented people or choleric we have relational people or the sanguines so let's get in just a little bit more and focus in now this is a big topic that we i could do a whole three-day workshop just educating you helping you understand your personality and how to use your personality to communicate to others because if you want to bounce back in your family trust me we gotta start talking a different language we gotta listen differently so let's look at the first personality type uh the systematic person or someone who is very much uh, an s type personality uh this person tends to be very self-reliant you are very thoughtful reserved and often anxious especially when you are in a messy environment when things don't seem to flow in a in a particular system you often strive for perfection within within yourself and your surrounding all right does it sound like someone you know someone in your family interior design all right happens to be one of your strongest points in your in, if someone walks into your room they will see a very clear flow of the way your house is organized let's look at the technical person or the phlegmatic the phlegmatic uh, personality you tend to appear emotionally gray highly intelligent and to detail you do not like people very much and prefer to stay alone handling technical issues these are the people who work in the back office okay the IT department you appear to be relaxed and peaceful and quiet and easygoing uh, since you're not emotional you are not bothered by rejection and can uh, can handle uncomfortable and even hostile people you just withdraw to you you're attracted to tech things that don't require emotion now how would someone like how would you communicate to such a person okay It means you need to up- upgrade the way we communicate to each other let's look at the a type person the action person you are you like things this person is the one who likes things happening they move fast they love sport they like to exercise if they can buy a car they buy a very bright yellow or bright red car they have to stand out if they are tall they make sure everyone else around them is short so they can stand out i mean for them life is all about dominance they normally have a very domineering personality let's look at the relationship person 
you uh, you love company you leave you leave for others right um, you are very active very social make friends easily and can fit anywhere as long as there is people there when food is available you make sure every single person is taken care of do you know someone like that in your family is your wife like that is your husband like that so here you have the four major personality types s-t-a-r system systematic technical action-oriented or a relationship person now we all have these personality types but one of them becomes heightened up or two of them now if we don't understand this personality if i don't know what personality i am i will struggle to communicate to others and if they don't know my personality type they will struggle to speak my language so if we are going to save 51 billion pounds a year or at least a piece of it we need to start thinking how to communicate to each other using our personality we looked at the story of the prodigal son where two brothers um one the younger one decided he wants all his inheritance before he uh, before the father dies and he goes away and squanders it then realizes he made a big mistake and decides to come back home now, in his mind, he already knew, he had made up his mind, that he's not worthy to be called his father's son. Okay, have you ever been there? Have you ever felt as if you've failed your family so much that you don't deserve to be called a son? But this is the big difference. When he goes back home, his father was already waiting for him. Kind of the father knew what was going to happen, right? The errors of youth. However, the big older brother was not pleased at all to see his younger brother. So we, we, there we can start extrapolating or understanding that these guys had communication challenges as the family. The father had a very clear vision of where he would want his family. The younger brother had his own personality issues and the older brother has also personality issues. Now, the previous few minutes ago, we just looked at the four predominant personality types and uh, used the STAR method. One is a structured personality. And they have systematic way of living. We have a technical personality. Uh, emotionally great, loves tech. We have a relationship person who loves people. They will go out of their way to help. And then we have the action-oriented individuals. They live and move for adrenaline. They engage in everything that is exciting. And they only pick the fights that they know they're going to win. Which one is predominant to you? So let's now look at... Let's now look at balancing family responsibilities, okay? Uh, there are three uh, major reasons why families break down, personality clashes, balancing work and home life, and then communication problems. So as we are discussing balancing family responsibilities, let me ask you a question. In your house, are, are there sort of um, things that uh, you split right in the middle with your, with your wife, with your, uh, with your spouse, with your children? Or is it, a, is it an ad hoc family where, you know, if you feel like doing this, you do it. If the other person feels the other, the other way, they do it. In my family, I am the disciplinarian. Right? I'm the teacher and I am the coach. I set high standards for my children and hold them accountable uh, to a certain extent on a daily basis if I can. But at least by the end of the week, they will know I have held them accountable. Right? Um, as parents, I believe that we teach our children both actively and passively, consciously and unconsciously. Now, remember one thing. Children don't learn by being told. They learn by observation. So if you wonder why they're misbehaving, you probably want to look in the mirror and ask yourself, how exactly am I, have I been acting around my children? 
Now, where does then balancing family responsibility come in, and especially work and life balance? If you do not know your personality and your strengths and your weaknesses, you're going to fall into the place of assumption. You and your husband, you and your wife, you and your children will be falling into assumptions. Now, the children love it, especially when there is no there's no structure, right? Because they can get away with anything. If you're not communicating effectively with your husband or your wife, chances are your children are going to be playing games on you, right? This one is going to say daddy said and the other one is going to say mommy said. And then they catch you right in the middle because there is literally no, um, you know, no way out. So it's therefore important for, for us as parents, for you and I, if we're going to bounce back in our family, in our relationships, number one, get to know yourself very well. Number two, know your strengths and your weaknesses and then get the family together. It's a family. It's a unit. Get the family together and start dividing. Uh, based on personality strengths and weaknesses, start dividing some of those works. If someone is very systematic in their personality and they have a sense of flow, why don't you let them do the cleaning? Why don't you give them the charge of cleaning the house? If the other person is very action-oriented, why don't you give them the responsibility of tidying things up or doing things that require energy? If someone is a technical personality, why not find a way whether they're in charge of the TV and the remotes and, and, and some other things in the house? I mean, at the end of the day, if there is no order, there is going to be chaos. And if someone is a relationship person, that's the person who would love to cook every single day. Why don't you teach them? Because as time goes by, you'll see now you're functioning as one unit, as one whole being. So with the work-life balance, it is important first to identify where are you as an individual and where do you fit in within your family? The kind of work you do is going to be the same thing. However, you may be employed. And if you're working for someone, chances are you, they didn't employ you to tell them their strengths and their weaknesses. But you play to your strength. When you come home, that's your safe space. But what if you are, you're not anticipating or looking forward to get home? You're going to be unraveled every single time. You know, the, the time your work is coming to an end, you're going to feel unsettled. I have a very good friend of mine. He's, uh, he's in Kenya. And he told me he does not do anything in his home. His wife does everything. Uh, literally, she does everything. So they've divided work in their strength. The wife is very, very hands-on. She knows, she manages the entire home from finance to food to everything else. Now, he just moves the heavy stuff. When he comes home, he is a servant. He's told to do this and he does. Let me ask you, in your house, do you have a leadership, leadership structure or are you driven by egos? Okay. Um, when you come from home, do you come and dump everything on the floor and say, I'm tired, therefore woman, fetch me water or man, get me a beer? How do you balance your home work life? And how does your personality types play in that space because unless we pull together unless we order our family we are going to have the challenges that we saw in the prodigal son's story so let's talk about communication okay let's talk about communication here now what do you understand by communication for the most part we think talking is communicating and it's part of it Okay, let's have a look at the definition of the word communication because this is in the number one cause of family breakdowns. The word communication originated from a Latin word communes, which means making something common. So which means uh, when we communicate, the intention therefore is to create a commonness or oneness of an idea, 
thoughts or feelings with another person. We can therefore say that communication is the transference of mental images from one person to the other using different methods which would include sound, words, images, feelings and thoughts aimed at bringing the other person or the listener to a place of understanding. However, if we do not have a common language, if we do not have a common software to interpret the information that is received, the brain has a way of distorting or deleting the information that is coming in that it deems irrelevant or unnecessary or noise. Okay, so hence someone is talking on the other corner and because your brain does not really understand much because you can't see them, and guess what? You delete that information. Did you know that if only you heard the words, just the words, you would only have, you would lose 90%, over 90% of the information being communicated. Okay, Um, there is a guy who's a, a, a great psychologist, Albert Morabian, he came up with the 738-55 uh, method. He was Professor Emeritus of Psychology in the University of California. And his theory says that only 7%, the words you speak only represent 7% of the message you're trying to communicate. Can you believe that? The words you speak only represent 7% of the message you're trying to communicate. Which means... Reading a book without a sense of imagination, you have a chance of just getting 7% of the value in the book. That is amazing, isn't it? So when you're talking with your partner or your family, your boss or your colleague, or strangers for that matter, do you actually listen to the words by themselves? How do you even listen? Do you hear what your partner is saying to you? Do you actually pay attention? Do you pay attention? to the other person's way of communicating. Words, feelings, emotions, facial expressions. Do you pay attention? When we refer to the parable that we just went through, the parable of the prodigal prodigal son, we see that the older son was listening to the words his father was communicating with him, but he was not really getting the picture because his heart was not there. How do you listen? Guess what? We hear with our ears, but we truly listen with our emotions. You may hear with the thing in your head, but it's your heart that will determine what you actually feel. Now, there's a man who, um, who, who, who's written wonderful books. He's, a great, uh, he's great in the space of leadership, Stephen R. Covey. And in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he said, Seek to understand and then to be understood. Seek to understand and then to be understood. Let me ask you this. How developed are your listening skills? Are you an effective listener? Are you an effective communicator? If we listen twice as much as we speak, do you think we could save the family unit? Do you think we could save over 50 billion pounds just by paying attention Maybe, maybe. But what would happen even if we saved half of it? 
families would be reunited. We would see less uh, youngsters sleeping, sofa surfing during Christmas. We would see the older people taken care of. We would see less mental health issues. Come on, people. Let's pull ourselves together and put the family unit back together. Now, to develop communication skills further, let us analyze how effective um, we, you and I, communicate using the Moravian system, the 73855. So today we are looking at communication. We're looking at different areas that families break down and communication happens to be the number one problem. So uh, there's a gentleman whose, whose name is Albert Morabian, a professor emeritus of psychology in the University of California, and he came up with a 73855 theory that seeks to qualify how much meaning is communicated via words, tonality, and verbal cues. Words, tonality, and verbal cues. And I, I told you earlier on that your words alone, if you only paid attention to the words without the tone, you would only get 7%. Alright? Now, when you look at tonality, the tone of your voice, how you interject your voice, how you use your voice, um, adds value, adds 38% of the meaning to what it is you're saying. Okay? So, 7% is your word, 38% is your tonality, and guess what? The killer one is your body language. Your body language, which says, if you are going to communicate as a family, if you're going to bounce back as a family, and you have not been paying attention or looking at the person you're talking to, paying attention, guess what? You are missing a lot. You are missing more than half of what the person is saying. Imagine that. 55% is on body language. Now, there's a few more things we could start looking into. It's an intricate place because it requires a training. It requires you to actually observe the other person and almost like read the meaning of what they are saying. Have you ever heard someone say, it is not what you say, it is how you say it? That's quite interesting, isn't it? It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So what you say is only 7%. How you say it makes up 93% of what is being said. So let me ask you this. Um, the last time you were having a conversation with your wife, with your child, with your husband, with your grandma, did you pay attention? Did you honor that person by you being present or were you just listening so you can answer them? For the most part, we actually don't listen. Seriously, we don't listen and it's a big, big problem. We are like politicians. Politicians don't listen because they say one thing today, then they say the other thing tomorrow. If you keep following them, you get confused. Right? But let's not be politicians in our own home. Let us bring our home back together. Let's start honoring one another and actually paying attention. Did you hear what I say? Did you feel me? Did you see what I'm saying? If you could see me right now on the station, what do you think I'm doing with my hands or with my face? Right? I mean, you can hear my tonalities going up and down. You can feel I'm excited because when I'm excited, I start speaking first. Then I have to calm down. In fact, um, Raymond, uh, Ray Medwinter, I call him the legend, tells me, Ernest, just a notch down. Because when I get excited, I start talking first. 
These are parts of communication. Let me ask you this. How advanced are your communication skills? How advanced are your listening skills? How advanced are your observation skills? Do you look at the person who is talking to you? Did you know children learn more from observing your facial expressions than what you are actually saying? Do you know that's how they learn how to form words? Because they look at your lips, they read your lips, and then they try to use the the, the message, that psychic message, to, to form the words in their own mouths. That is an intelligence you and I have. Why don't we use it as we grow older? Now, fortunately, or unfortunately for today, uh, that's how much I have for you today. Okay, now, as you've seen, this is a big topic that we can keep going on and on and on. And I've only got three things that I would want you to take away from today's message. If you are going to bounce back in our relationships, number one, listen. Pay attention. Be focused on the person who is speaking. Number two, forgive Let us forgive one another because guess what? If they made mistakes, chances are you've made more. So forgive. And then number three, let us improve our listening, our interpersonal skills. Let us start talking to one another, not just using words, but actually working on the congruency of what we are saying and how we are saying it and the actions that we are using, the the, the body language, which is 55%. I'll give you a very quick example. It's almost, have you ever asked you, well, for us men, it's, we ask you, for example, I ask my wife, are you okay? And she says, yes, I am. But then you listen to the tone and the body language and you see there's no congruence, uh, there's no congruency between what she said and how she said it. This is a skill that we need to learn if we are going to bounce back. Number one, listen. Number two, forgive. Number three, improve your personal skills. It is possible to rebuild the bridges, to mend the hurts, to connect with those whom we love and matter the most no matter the storm we are in. And consequently, we might just end up saving 51 billion pounds. Unfortunately, that's all the time I have for you today. And I hope you've gained some information uh, from today's message. And I'm hoping that you're going to have a wonderful week. Take your time and listen and pay attention.